Yelp Pro service, and we not, if you haven't noticed yet, all of our young professionals ministry is serving today and speaking today, and it's so exciting to have everyone a part of it. Um, and for those who don't know me, my name is Shelby, and I'm going to be sharing a little bit about um, what I've learned over the last few months about living the good life as part of our Good Life Festival Yelp so, it's been such, uh, so my life has gone through a lot of changes in the last six months, for sure. Uh, a lot of good things, a lot of not so good things, like here is a small rundown of the changes. I went through a complex roommate separation, got a new roommate who I didn't know, started so to buy a condo, put three offers in a condo that I did not get. Uh, I had a month of disaster, one disaster after another at my old place where we went from the hot water not working to electricity issues to uh, septic plumbing issues. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I out of the toilet and the landlord was not responsive and not helpful. Um, all of like the course of one week it was one thing, the next week it was one thing, the next week after that was another thing. Um, and didn't find an apartment in time at the end of my lease and moved in with friends, which was great, but also not a part of the plan for sure. <laughs> uh, got offered a new job that I was not expecting, took the new job, left my job that I had been at, um, moved into a new apartment in a new town that I had lived in before, adopted two guinea pigs for now. <laughs> <laughs> all while going through the usual life stuff that a 26-year-old goes through, like, where do I fit? Who are my people? How, do I, how am I living my life? Um, no. So the last six months have definitely been a roller coaster for sure, with some amazing times and some really stressful, overwhelming times as well. Um, and so the theme, like I said, for our Yoko Service Day is the Good Life Festival. So over the last couple of weeks, I've been thinking about um, my last six months and what I kind of learned about life and what it means to have a good life. And one thing that I really took away um, was that for me, a good life is a life with no regrets. Um, and so I've been setting out first here the last couple months um, and wanted to share some of what I've gotten from that in terms of what it means to live a life of no regrets. Um, so, uh, so first year first was written by Peter who was writing to Christians who were scattered and living throughout uh, Roman occupation and in persecution. Um, and many of them may have wondered if all of the persecution meant that they were headed in the wrong direction. Is this Jesus thing even real? Like, why are all these things happening? Um, so Peter writes to them to encourage them to hold on to the faith that they were given and encourages them how to live in a life, how to live life, um, in a time of exile, in a time of chaos, in a time of hard times. Um, so the first scripture I wanted to read was First Peter one one through two, and it says, "Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiled, scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia." who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and the temple of his blood. Grace and peace to yours in abundance. 
Um, and one of the first things I learned about living a life with no regrets is that I have to have my identity securely in God. Um, security in the fact that I was chosen by God and that my relationship with him is made possible by him and not by me. Um, and to continue with that, in 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And his great mercy has given us new birth and into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And to an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power into the coming of the salvation that is ready to reveal in the last time. And just like it's important for me to have my identity centered in God as chosen by him, it's all, I also realize that my hope has to also be in God. Hope in the resurrection is a hope for heaven, but also a hope that God can turn any dark situation into a light situation, that everything can change in three days. Like, you don't know what's going to happen next tomorrow or the next day after that because right. God is in control and does miracles. Um, and uh, the next scripture I wanted to read was First Peter 1, 6 through 9. It says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though... Now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your, so that the proven genuineness of your faith, a greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you, are, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. You are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your soul. So I've read the scripture before, um, but when I was thinking over the last couple months, it's really hit me that I've always thought of like the faith being refined by fire, meaning that like God is putting me through stuff to like prove that I'm like good enough or like my faith is strong enough. Um, but I realized that it's like going through trials, my faith in God grows because God works more powerfully through trials than through times necessarily. Yeah. So I realized that God shows his faithfulness more in trials, so my faith is strengthened because I see God move more than, like, God is trying to, like, prove that I'm, like, strong enough or brave enough or whatever. I see how much stronger and more graceful God is through hard times. Um, and I've definitely seen over the last months that, like, all of us should fall in love even more with Jesus because he's been the one that I've had to rely on through all of the um, So in Tinnering and First Peter, a lot of reading of different scriptures, but small survey. First uh, Peter 1, 13, it says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace you brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he called you holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy, because I am holy. Mm-hmm. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in your fear. For you know that it is not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the indeed way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen for the creation of the world, but was revealed in the last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead, and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. Uh, so the beginning of First Peter 1 definitely shows the importance of having a secure foundation and faith in Jesus for me. Um, 
And the reason why, why have that secure foundation? Um, because that frees me to live a life for God. So it's a life that, well, I will not have any regrets because I have my um, my roots deeply in God. I can live in the way that God wants me to, in the way that I that's best for me, because I don't have to worry about being moved around by the changes around me. Um, and continuing in First Peter, uh, verse 22 says, "Now that you have been purified, now that you have purified yourself and are obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other." Love one another deeply from the heart. And 2 1 through 3 says, Therefore, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. And newborn babies crave pure stroke for milk, so that by it you may grow in your salvation. Now that you've tasted the Lord is good. One thing I've definitely learned about living a life without regrets is that I want to love the people around me, but I can only really do that by following Jesus and loving. But sincere love follows out of truth and not out of based on other people. Um, I've also learned that to deal with challenging circumstances and situations, I have to act in a way that I want to versus in a way that the situation might, I might be pulled in one way or the other. Right. Um, I have to constantly be going back to God, craving the spiritual milk. Um, because I've seen that if I don't, it's easy for me to fall into, like, this is talk about being malicious or feeling wanting to be malicious or being deceitful because I want to do things my way or control the situation. Um, so a desire, so I have to continually go back to having a desire for God and going back to relying on Him. Um, and here we talk about how to live in the rest of the book. Um, it talks about how to live in the in the midst of trials. Um, so in First Peter 2, 11, 17, says, Dear friend, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which rage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that you visit them. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or the governors who have sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover up for evil. Live as God's place. Um, and when I was reading this a couple of weeks ago, this reminded me of a conversation I had with two of my roommates last fall. Um, and we were talking about the fact that it seemed like everything that we were doing was not producing the results that we were wanting. We thought, like, I'm going to do this thing, and then this person's going to respond this way because I'm being loving to them, so they're going to love me back. Or I'm going to do this thing, and then they're going to respond a certain way. And we're realizing that was not working, nor was that true in all circumstances. Um, and I really realized that um, it can be really discouraging to live life in a way of doing good because you're trying to do good for other people versus for God. Um, and I realized I was that I had to act out of obedience to Jesus, not to please others. And with that, I, I'm able to silence those who may discredit me or ultimately uh, think that I'm doing wrong by doing the right thing. But even if I don't silence those people, um, I know that I'm still doing it for God who loves me. Um, and it's not—it's no longer based on my reputation with other people. Um, 
Peter definitely shows us that to live a life no regrets is to live a life as a slave to God and not a slave to anyone else. Um, and it frees me to live a life that's full of good works and good deeds, um, even if the trials do come. Um, because it allows me to come more like Jesus, who in 1 Peter 2, 21-24, it says... Um, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate when he suffered. He made no threats and said he entrusted himself to him who judged justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. Uh, I definitely understood a little bit more about Jesus through all of these things of like, living for God and not for people, even if that leads to things that are not necessarily the best outcomes. Mm. Um, and again, Peter shows us that to live freely is to continue to follow God, regardless of what others around us do. Um, it's shaping my actions based on Christ and not on circumstance. Um, and as I try to live with no regrets, uh, it's important for me to be honest um, of with those around me about also why I'm doing what I'm doing, which like connects connects to me also to First Peter three fifteen through sixteen, which says oh I don't uh, but in your heart to be of Christ as Lord, always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. So do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who, who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that I definitely realized over the last six months is like, I have been definitely like telling co-workers and things like that, like, oh, I'm going through all this stuff. And they're like, well, how do you stay sane? And I, it's easy for me to be like, oh, because, like, I'm going on walks. Versus, like, oh, it's because I'm putting my hope in God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I realized how important it is to, like, put, to really be honest with people around me and be a witness of, like, I'm able to do all this stuff because of Jesus, not because, like, I'm going on walks, which is, because I'm going on prayer walks, I don't really say that. I just say, oh, I'm going on walks. Um, so I think it's, an, I, it's it really shown me recently the importance of not being ashamed of, like, my hope and where my hope is. Um, and finally, the last thing I wanted to share was um, in First Peter 4, 12 through 19. says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery zeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the spirit of glory of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murder criminal, or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Um, and something that, as I was reading this, was like, well, I don't really, like, suffer for being a Christian. I'm not under, like, persecution, per se. But I do in the fact of, like, being a Christian means, like, loving those who hate me. It means, like, going out of my way to be kind, be hospitable, even in the midst of craziness going on. It's, like, continuing to serve 
my roommates continue to surface around me even when I don't feel like it. So it's like a little bit, a taste of uh, the suffering. But I, I realize that it's important for me to live a life of regret means to continue to live my life for God no matter, like I said, no matter the circumstances and committing myself to being a disciple of Jesus regardless of what's going on around me. Um, so even with all the challenges of the last six months, I've really seen what it means to like really follow Jesus in the hard times and in the good times. Because um, now, like a lot of, I, I see the fruit also of like all of the challenges with like a brand new job that's better paying and like I like a lot and an apartment that I love and a neighborhood that I love. And I can't even imagine like all that God has done in the last year with just me focused on just following Him. Um, and so when I think about communion, I'm I think about the fact that Jesus' sacrifice allows me to live a life with no regrets. Because yeah. I can rely on his sacrifice to cover for my atonement and my sins, that I no longer have to atone for anything. I'm free yeah. just to live for God. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you so much for letting me share, and Pat's going to come up and preach our community.